This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Welcome back to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. I'm Zach Rizzuto, and guess what, guys? It's just me in today's episode. Faraz, he's taking the night off to watch a Thursday night game between the Giants and the 49ers. Since the New York, his New York team, you know, they have no chance of winning anything this year. So you guys get to spend the rest of the time on this episode with me. Of course, I'm kidding about Faraz. He'll be back with some of his favorite matchups going into week three shortly after this podcast becomes available. So make sure to stay tuned for that later today. But this episode with me is about some of the best and worst wide receiver matchups heading into week three. If you didn't already listen to yesterday's episode, go ahead and give that a listen. Faraz and I, we covered our favorite quarterback and running back matchups for this week on that show. And there are plenty of little nuggets in there that you can absolutely use to give yourself an edge setting your lineup this week. But without further ado, let's jump right in this episode and get you guys what you came here for, and that's matchups. I'm going to start right now in the Colts and the Ravens game. I love Zay Flowers against Colts inexperienced secondary. He cooled off in the target share department last week. According to Fantasy Life's utilization report, he went from 50% target share in week one, 5-0, to just 15% in week two, 1-5. But he did get a huge bump in ADOT to account for it. I like him to find a happy medium and a great matchup in week three against the Colts, but I think that Indy can keep it competitive enough that the Ravens don't slip into some deep positive game script. Like Minshew took over seamlessly for Anthony Richardson last week, and I think that I can trust him to operate the offense at least at a serviceable level. Lamar's been on his game, though, and Flowers is unquestionably the guy in the Ravens' offense outside of Mark Andrews. Like that one isn't a question for me. So fire him up in week three. No worries about him this week. He could have his biggest game in the pros so far this season. Staying in that game, Michael Pittman, you know, obviously he has Gardner Minshew. It looks like it's going to be Gardner Minshew this week. Anthony Richardson could be out with concussion. Yeah, I think he's got the potential to surprise this week, even with a backup at quarterback. In last week's matchup with Gardner Minshew at QB, which for the sake of this argument, I'm just going to say is the second quarter on to the end of the game last week. Pittman had a 40% target share on 10 targets. He out-targeted the next highest Colts receiver by six targets. That was Josh Downs. He had four. The Ravens have allowed the seventh most fantasy points wide receivers through two weeks. And like I said before, I think the Colts, they can keep this one competitive. But they're going to be playing catch-up if they do. And that would work wonders for Michael Pittman. We love those negative game scripts, even semi-negative game scripts. That's what we like to see with fantasy football. So Michael Pittman, he's a very good matchup this week. Sneaky matchup, you know, as long as the Colts stay relatively competitive, which I think they will. He'll be fine for you this week. Now, I would mention Browns wide receivers versus Tennessee. They're allowing third most fantasy points to wide receivers this season. But Deshaun Watson is Cleveland's starting quarterback, and you kind of got to take that into consideration when you're looking at these Browns wide receivers. I'd be really excited for them. You know, Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore, if 
they had a better quarterback on their team. But I do think they can still do their thing against the Titans. They just won't reach their full potential if Deshaun Watson keeps playing the way he has through two weeks. I mean, he's completing passes at the second lowest rate in the NFL over just Zach Wilson, you know, that guy that nobody wants any piece of his receivers. Garrett Wilson, his stock plummeted. He's completing passes at the second lowest rate just over Zach Wilson at 55%. And you can just watch five minutes of film and realize that Cooper and Moore, they're going to get held back. Like, there's not much more to say about it. For what it's worth, Cooper, he did have a solid day last week, even playing through injury. It was a tough Steelers defense. It was just a dogfight. <laughs> you know, that's how the AFC North matchups go. So he could find himself on the right side of 20 points if Watson plays a little bit better than he did last week. But according to Fantasy Life's utiliza utilization report, Cooper's the only Browns receiver so far to average five or more catchable targets per game. The rest of them are averaging four or less. That's not what you want to hear. Even though the target shares are higher, Guys like Elijah Moore are getting more targets per game. Their catchable targets per game are much lower. So that gives you an idea of the type of play you're getting from Deshaun Watson. And that's my biggest concern hanging in this matchup, even though, like I mentioned, it is good against Tennessee. And by the way, Faraz has Amari Cooper ranked as his PPR wide receiver 20 for this week against the Titans. If you want to see where he has Elijah Moore and the rest of his rankings going into week three, make sure to just head over to our brand spanking new website at upperhandfantasy.com. There you'll find all of Faraz's positional rankings, articles written by Faraz and myself, advanced data and analytics, and tons more to give you the upper hand in your fantasy league. That's upperhandfantasy.com. Go check it out, guys. We've got tons of content over there for you. You'll really enjoy it, and it's going to help you a lot moving through the rest of the season. Now let's get back to some more matchups. I'm not a fan of Titans wide receivers versus a good Cleveland defense this week, and you could probably understand why. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, he did turn the clock back last week against a bad Chargers defense, but it's going to be a lot tougher sledding this week against a Browns unit that's allowed just one touchdown drive through two weeks. And that was that George Pickens 70-yard lightning strike last week. So outside of that, they haven't allowed a touchdown yet this season, which, granted, the offenses have, they played, they haven't been fantastic. You know, the Steelers and the Bengals, who are currently just floundering right now <laughs> you know you don't have to worry about them putting up a bunch of points against this browns defense but hopkins and burks they've both yet to sniff a top 20 finish and burks has been out targeted by nick westbrook akine <laughs> that's just not good so not even a negative game script is going to save the tennessee titans here it's going to be a tough tough one the titans so this is just a public service announcement to just spit in the face of the saints untested pass defense with christian watson this week I get it. The Saints defense, they seem like a really strong unit. They've allowed the seventh least fantasy points to wide receivers so far this season. Scary stat. But that's an accumulation of games against the Titans. Oh, no. You know, very scary, that passing game in Tennessee. And the Panthers, also not scary. We've seen what the Panthers' offense is. PFF has the Titans and the Panthers' offensive lines ranked as the fifth and eighth worst units, respectively. And both teams have their own massive problems at quarterback. Obviously, Ryan Tannehill... Like I mentioned, he looked better last week, but we know who Ryan Tannehill is. We saw that in week one. And then also the Panthers, Bryce Young, he's injured now, by the way. You know, Andy Dalton's going to be starting. But even in the two games he's played, Bryce Young has just been horrific. Not really what you want to see from the, the young quarterback. He can get better, I think, 100%. But right now, he's not playing at a high enough level, and we've seen that in the first two weeks with the Panthers' offense. They don't have the weapons to really contend with anybody. So the Saints had two great days against those offenses. No shit, Sherlock. Christian Watson's coming back. Jordan Love, he's been extra efficient on his passing. Six touchdowns on the year. 
You know, he's not completing very many passes. He's actually at the low end of the league, completing just over 50% of his passes, but six touchdowns, that'll get you where you need to be as a fantasy quarterback. I'm willing to ride with Watson in his 2023 debut, and he's one of my favorite starts this week. I mean, obviously, it's a scary prospect if you look at the Saints and what they've done against two offenses in the NFL. They're NFL offenses, but this is going to be the best offense that the Saints have faced this season with the Packers. And I'm a Jordan Love believer right now just based on what we've seen from him this year. I like Gabe Davis versus Washington. Now, obviously, you're starting Stephon Diggs regardless of the matchup. I'm not going to talk about him here. But in the Bills' first game of the season where Josh Allen didn't play like a JV quarterback against the Jets, remember, it was horrific. Three turnovers, four total turnovers, just gross. So I'm not really counting that for what we saw. When Josh Allen plays a decent game, I mean, Gabe Davis, he took care of business. It was an ideal matchup against the Raiders, granted. But he has another strong matchup against the Commanders. They're allowing the eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers through two weeks. Not only that, but the Commanders are also scoring a lot of points themselves. I mean, they're averaging 27 points a game. And they've looked pretty good on offense. I mean, granted, Denver's defense last week, they're a lot better than they're playing right now. So the Commanders had a good game. I'll give it to them. Props to them. That's only going to help this game script. It's only going to help this game script to avoid falling into a positive game script like they did, the Bills did last week against the Raiders. There could have been much bigger days if it was at all competitive last week. And I think that's going to be the case. I mean, the commanders are not going to roll over and die. They're playing at home. They're not just going to let the Bills come in and blow the doors off the place. That should keep the game competitive. It'll keep the Bills throwing the ball. That's exactly what you want. I like Gabe Davis. He's not a screaming start, but after last week, could we see some actual consistency from Gabe Davis? It, it could be possible. It might be possible. I'm optimistic for the Panthers receivers versus the Seahawks. Now, probably thinking, Zach, he just said that Bryce Young isn't playing, and now it's Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's playing quarterback for the Panthers, yes. I'm not a big Andy Dalton guy, but with the way Carolina's offense has looked so far this season, like, could this be a welcome change just for this week? I think so. Like, the Panthers hit rock bottom last week. Obviously, it didn't look that bad in the box score at the end of the game. It was only a three-point loss. They had 17 points, but they didn't score their first and only touchdown until there was a minute left in the game. So I do not like the way this Panthers offense has looked. The only way to go from here is up for them. Dalton, he was able to help Chris Olave to a very strong rookie season last year. And that was, even though the weapons, that was, that was, that was pretty good. Dalton. He's all right. He's going to be able to support fancy relevant players, but he's not going to be able to unlock their ceiling. Even though the weapons in Carolina leave a lot to be desired, the only way for the Panthers to go from here is up. So the Seahawks, they're allowing the fourth most fancy points to wide receivers this season. That's who the Panthers play this week. I still don't want to start Adam Thielen or Jonathan Mingo, but I'm at least a little bit optimistic about them this week in a solid matchup. If you have to throw them in to your lineup in a pinch, I don't have a problem with either of these guys. People might overlook Andy Dalton here. I'm not saying I'm going to start Andy Dalton as a fantasy quarterback in place of Bryce Young. You shouldn't be starting either of these guys in standard one QB leagues. Maybe in a two QB league, if you're really desperate, you can start Andy Dalton. But I think these receivers have a real chance to do that. And it's also interesting because when I wrote up the newsletter today, I pulled out this stat on Jonathan Mingo. He's running routes at a very high rate. I mean, he's up there top seven in the league for route participation. 90, I think it's 91.4%. He's running. So the targets haven't been there. So maybe a change at quarterback is all he needs to get some of those targets coming his way. You know, Bryce Young hadn't been throwing the ball A, well, or B, a lot. 
So Andy Dalton, he has experience. He's a veteran. He can come in. I think that we're looking at potential sleepers here. Like I said, do I want to start them over other guys this week? Like if I had to choose between Adam Thielen and maybe Jacoby Myers, I don't know. I, I think I might lean Jacoby Myers. But just for an example, like these guys, you can put them in your lineup in a pinch if you're really in a pinch, and I think you can get away with it this week. Don't sleep on them. It could be a good matchup against Seahawks. The other thing you shouldn't be doing, you shouldn't be afraid to go back to the well with Mike Evans versus Philly. Remember when we were laughing about Baker Mayfield potentially being the second coming of Geno Smith in Tampa Bay? Well, he's looked really good these past two weeks, and he's hyper-targeting, not Chris Godwin. You know, we, we talked about Chris Godwin as this guy that gets all these targets, as this guy that, regardless of quarterback, is going to be able to produce. He's not hyper-targeting Chris Godwin, Baker Mayfield. He is hyper-targeting Mike Evans. Evans leads Godwin in target share 28% to 21% through two weeks, but he blows Godwin out of the water when it comes to air yard share, where he beats Godwin by a total of 47% to 26% on the season. That is just ridiculous production, and not production, utilization, just ridiculous numbers. And granted, he's played the Vikings and the Bears, two defenses notorious for their inability to stop anything on defense. I mean, the Bears just had their offense, not offensive coordinator, their defensive coordinator resign. It's week two. So <laughs> that tells you what you need to know about the pedigree of the defenses they've been playing. But they're ridiculous numbers at the end of the day. And the matchup is just as good this week against an Eagles secondary that's allowing the fifth most fancy points to wide receivers this season. But Zach, the Eagles defensive line, it's going to cause problems for Mayfield. Sure. Yeah, it could. I'll, I'll give you that. Their interior pass rush is probably the best in the league between Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis. They also have Haas and Reddick coming off the edge, Josh Sweat. Like, they've got a good defensive line. But PFF also says the Bucs have a very good offensive line, too. They're the ninth best in the NFL in this week's rankings. I think they should be able to give Mayfield more than enough time to get clean looks to get the job done on Monday night. Maybe Mike Evans' streak of 1,000-yard season isn't in trouble after all. And we get back to this last matchup here against between the Bengals and the Rams. You are walking the line if you're playing the Bengals wide receivers Monday against the Rams. Not only is this the last game to be played, but there are major problems at quarterback with the Bengals and Joe Burrow. I mean, best case scenario, Joe Burrow plays injured. He's less than 100%. That's already not good for Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Burrow could also decide you don't want to play this week. And then you're left hung out to dry with no replacements in your lineup. Now, you're probably not replacing Jamar Chase or T. Higgins. You're probably going to start these guys regardless. But this is a horrific situation to be in, considering they're last to play this week as well. No, in case you're wondering... Bengals backup QB, Jake Browning. He doesn't inspire confidence in me, for those of you who are wondering. I don't like anything about this matchup right here. The Rams also are allowing the ninth fewest fancy points wide receivers this season. It just seems like everything's pointing downward for the Bengals in week three. I think you can get away with starting Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Do not expect the world from them at all. And it's really tough. They're, it's a really tough start considering the way they've played. Obviously, T. Higgins had his big game last week. But Jamar Chase is off to one of the slowest starts of his career. I mean, it's not one of, it, it is the slowest start of his career. But you might have to just wait it out another week, especially if Joe Burrow doesn't go. Me personally, if I'm the Bengals, I would say Joe Burrow doesn't play. I think at this point you cut your losses. You're already 0-2. You don't risk putting Joe Burrow out there and, and re-injuring his leg again. Obviously, the calf is what's causing him trouble. It's been causing him trouble since training camp. 
I think I would go into this matchup with the expectation that Joe Burrow isn't playing. But obviously, if you have Jamar Chase, you're, you're playing him. <laughs> You'd have to have a lot of talent on your roster to take Jamar Chase out of your lineup. You shouldn't do that. Jamar Chase is your guy. T. Higgins, same thing at this point. You know, he's the better wide receiver of the two in terms of fantasy production so far this season. But I would temper expectations heavily in this matchup. It's been really rough going, but just wait it out for this next week or two. Hopefully, the Bengals play it smart here, hold them out. Joe Burrow gets healthy and comes back, and we can finally see the Bengals' offense fire on all cylinders like we're used to seeing. And I think that's going to do it for this episode. You know, it's a short episode. Thanks again for listening to the pod. We really appreciate you guys. We appreciate every single one of you. And if you could do us a big favor, it takes literally a minute of your time. Just please go ahead, rate, review the podcast, wherever you're listening to us. It would mean the world to us, and it helps us out a ton. Remember to stay tuned for Faraz's matchups, his favorite matchups coming in the next episode. That'll be out shortly after you listen to this one. That does it here for us today. From Zach, good luck in your fancy matchups this weekend. Peace. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 